next? At Yes, breakfast. Once upon a time, the world was cruel, and there was a witch who knew it well. And so she sold her heart to build a house in the woods where the world could never find her. At first, she would let no one into her fortress. But in the long march of days, a strange thing happened. In her own cold and spiteful way, the witch made a friend. And then another. And then several more until her house was teeming with colorful faces and complicated lives. The house would come to be known as Yazeba's bed and breakfast. And it would last for a very long time. Chapter 7, The Witch's Missing Shadow, featuring M. Friedman as Amelie, Michelle Jan Bennett as Yaziba, Carolyn Page as Rag and Bones, Elliot Davis as Parrish, and Brian Flaherty as Sal, and your humble concierge. On the front door of Yazeba's bed and breakfast, there is a sign which reads, No soliciting, trespassing, romancing, snooping, snitching, or unnecessary small talk. Welcome. Yazeba reserves her temper for those she catches violating these rules. But underneath that sign is a second, smaller sign, which reads, Room for Everyone. It is always September 15th inside the bed and breakfast, even if it's spring, winter, or fall outside, because September 15th, is Yazeba's favorite day of the year. And on this particular September 15th, it was a blustery sort of day. With a wind that jeered and dove at anyone with loose papers, but did nothing to move the dark and heavy clouds overhead. Yazeba had been away for a while now on witchy business. A phrase which meant errands that Yazeba didn't want to do, but had to. Amelie loathed when Yazeba went away, both because it meant some people would take it as an excuse to play loud music until very late at night, and that the witch would return in a horrible mood. And thus, Amelie knew precisely what to expect when they heard Yazeba's bicycle touch down against the front porch. The front door slammed open without her even touching it, and she strode into the bed and breakfast, a trail of battered leaves swirling across the threshold as she wrestled with the wind knots in her hair. With one gesture, her enormous fur coat perched itself on a rack. Her cigarette disappeared in a puff of smoke with a snap of her fingers, leaving ash mingling with the autumn leaves. Unacceptable, Amelie thought to themselves, analyzing the leaves. They turned to grab their dustpan from the broom closet, but realized it was missing. The only thing inside was an old wicker broom. Some people, Yazeba groused into an empty foyer, just have no sense of perspective. They never see what or who is really important. I have no patience for it. Amelie passed her unnoticed and swish, 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 brushed the leaves back out the door. Swish, swish, snap. The witch and the robot both froze and looked down at the broom, where they saw Yazeba's shadow caught up in the bristles and severed from its mistress. It grinned back at them, wiggled free, 
and shot up the stairs. The wind shook the bed and breakfast like a howl of laughter, and Amelie could hear a vase shatter at the top of the hall. Flowers of fire, Yazeba whispered in the sudden quiet, her face very grim. Did anyone see which way it went? And thus begins Chapter 7, The Witch's Missing Shadow. This is an eerie chapter of Yazeba's Ben Breakfast. So before this chapter starts, we shuffle together a deck of cards, which will be used as our play mechanic throughout the game. Whenever anyone wants to push onwards in this story, they do a bingo or a whoopsie and flip cards from the deck until they reveal an omen card, which is a face card, so a jack, queen, king, or ace. If they do a bingo, they'll flip the top card until they reveal an omen card of the black suits. If they do a whoopsie, they'll be looking for the red suits, so the hearts and the diamonds. Whenever someone reveals an omen card of the correct color, they'll consult the chapter's rules to find out what happens next, and then we'll hold on to that omen card unless the rules say otherwise. These will be used for our uh, housekeeping at the end of the session. If the deck runs out of cards before we find an omen card of the right suit, there will be a moment of quiet unease, and we will shuffle any unclaimed cards back into the deck. We can hear the shadows crashing around all throughout the bed and breakfast. You hear bangs and crashes from the various bedrooms and bathrooms and linen closets, all which are somehow next to each other, regardless of which one you are in. And we know that the shadow will wreck the place if we don't try to fix it up. Uh, so when an omen card does come up, everyone will hear the racket the shadow is making and will move forward towards it. At any time, anyone can toss aside one of their omen cards that they've collected in order to pause and to clean up a portion of the mess thus crossing it off of the list. Anytime that a heart omen card is revealed, rather than just uh, hearing uh, some racket as we do in the other ones, any of the players will be able to grab a guest that is not being currently played and tell us how the shadow has interacted with them, which will be very fun. Hopefully we can see a whole host of other people than those who are just playing here right now. Whenever we reveal an ace, Yuzeva's shadow has snuck up on us. It will be slippery and faster than light, will do mischief and try to escape. Everyone does a whoopsie about it, and then whoever revealed the ace gets to collect it. If we can collectively toss aside three aces, we will be able to catch the shadow. We can describe how we corner it and trap it, and the chapter will end with Yazeba deciding what to do with it. If the chapter ends and there are more than five bumps and crashes that are checked off but not crossed out, we give the bed and breakfast a broken vase. Otherwise, we give the bed and breakfast a hammer and we get to hold on to whatever leftover omen cards we've collected for housekeeping. Yeah, so as we go, we'll be revealing these omen cards. We're going to hopefully be trying to clean up the mess as we go uh, and we'll see exactly how successful we are. As the shadow scurries up the stairs, uh, very quickly, you begin to hear bang, clang, jang, clang, jang, 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 uh, screams from various parts of the bed and breakfast, two floors up, three floors up, up in the observatory, maybe in Yazeba's study, everywhere. As we open, we see down in the, the foyer, Yazeba and Amelie both looking agape up the stairs. And wandering in from the kitchen is a very confused uh, Parish. Uh, Elliot, can you describe uh, Parish for us? Yeah, uh, Parish is a little frog 
who formerly was a knight, uh, but currently a cook. And uh, Parrish steps out of the kitchen, apron still on, was in the middle of making some baked goods. Um, under the apron, a nice, like, multicolored handmade sweater. Maybe Yazeba made it when she was feeling in a good mood at one point. Um, and a little bit of flour kind of speckled on. And then some jean shorts that are more like pants on Parrish because of his little legs. And uh, <laughs> frog feet always showing. Not a shoe guy. Not a shoe guy. Parrish, as you come into the room, what do you say? Oh, yeah. Parrish comes in. He's like, what? what? What's going on? What's that noise? So many messes. Embarrassingly enough, uh, my shadow has detached itself from my uh, form and is currently running amok upstairs. I think it's made its way to my study, regrettably enough. And as Yuseba buries uh, her face in her hands, can you uh, describe what Yuseba looks like? Yuseba is what? we women would uh, call an apple body type. Uh, broad <laughs> shoulders, really dry skin, classic witch face. We're talking straight out of Snow White. Blasting cigs left and right, sort of fried hair under a good old-fashioned uh, purple witch hat. Um, her apple body uh, type is covered by like an orange velvet dress. Um, and she has, like, striped stockings and square-toed shoes. Because, as everyone knows, since we all live in Raw Doll's world, witches have uh, no toes, so square shoes are more comfortable. <laughs> I didn't know that about Raw Doll. <laughs> and as you say this, you, you look across from you and you see Amelie. Um, Emily, can you describe what Amelie looks like? Amelie looks about as distressed at this moment as it is possible for a robot with a largely unmoving face uh, to appear. But their bright kind of twin pinpoint uh, blue eye, eye glowing beams have gotten as large as they can in their smooth metallic face. They are technically naked, um, aside from a bright <laughs> yellow to uh, pink ombre cape and a very fluffy pink feather duster. There's clearly at the height of uh, Hey Kid and some other um, folks in the bed and breakfast, some strategically placed stickers of glittery <laughs> types uh, that uh, have not yet been removed at, at the kind of shin level. Um, and there is a distinct increasing vibration as this uh, is happening. All of this is happening. They are not going to stay here for long. You all of a sudden hear uh, a cry come out. Whoa! And bang, 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 bang. A bunch of uh, so someone like basically kind of half falls, half runs down the stairs. And you see uh, the figure of Sal uh, wearing what was clearly once a like school uniform. It's like a, a gray pleated skirt. Um, a cardigan kind of thing going over it that, that at one point clearly said uh, St. Olga's Preparatory School for Beautiful Souls or something but the beautiful has been crossed out and there's like a bunch of different pins like pins of the day that are like for metal souls for hardcore souls for you know punk rock souls uh, currently it's sitting on punk rock and all of the 
clothing that was once this very like prim and proper school uniform has been cut and spliced to make it just that little bit more like punk rock. Sal comes down and looks and goes, did you guys see that? It was wild. It w- it had crazy eyes and it ran past me and it was like black as the night. It was super creepy and it was banging into stuff and it just seemed to be knocking over everything. Where is it headed? Last I saw it, it was heading up towards the observatory. But yeah, I don't know if it's the observ- it's still under construction, so I don't know if it's going to get in there. But I I don't I don't want it to get into Yuzaba's room. I mean, ooh. There's a lot of breakables there. Yeah, we simply cannot have that. So many breakables. Parrish runs into the kitchen. He's like, well, if it's a hunt we have on our hands, we need weapons. And he comes back with an armful of, like, whisks and spatulas and wooden spoons. And is like, all right, everyone, take one. Take one. Sal reaches in and grabs a, uh, a rubber spatula. And is just kind of, like, waving it around, just making it go, like, flibbly flobbly. Good. Good. Oh, good. I can't wait to mix my shadow into submission. Now, Yazeva, what may look like a whisk to you might look like a fierce mace to the shadow. Yeah, I'm sure my shadow, who can bend the rules of physics and uh, and light, uh, is really scared of your friggin' whisk. Let's go. I got, as uh, Amelie said, a lot of breakables in my room. Can't have this. A lot of collectible items. I put a lot of years into collecting those. I They're racking up prices on ebay let's go i can't and i think it's about this time when when paris shouts out uh we've got weapons we've got weapons uh that we hear uh, a very clicky clacky set of footsteps come around the corner from the study carolyn tell us what do we see in the figure of rag and bones you behold with your eyes a skeleton just a skeleton Five, five, and in the ribs of the skeleton, you see tiny pink little rat hands, and there's a rat in my rib cage. <laughs> it's my little friend Ratto. And Ratto say hello. Rats. Uh, okay, good job, Ratto. Uh, I hate Ratto. <laughs> I heard a clattering. You see in the skeleton's arms, he's also holding a stack of very old pretty valuable looking tomes that are a little dusty as if they were on like a top a top shelf hidden or hidden away somewhere ah uh, oh yazima you're you're back cool and then he just turns around and puts and drops the tomes and then just like kicks them behind his shin to try and hide them all right, you're lucky we need your brute strength, Mr. Muscles. Let's go upstairs. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, go upstairs. Oh, Yaseba. He looks down and realizes, you don't have your shadow. Oh, this is delicious. You see, uh, Sal is going to uh, spatula, rubber spatula in hand. Uh, I think he's e- even grabbed two of them, so now he's just kind of got <laughs> flibbly-flobbly spatulas in both hands. Uh is going to do uh, the first whoopsie of this and is going to start to lead you forward, lead everyone forward, faking confidence. All right, I uh, I got this. Just everyone, you know, just follow behind me and everything's going to be, it's going to be okay. Sir, yes, sir. 
And because I'm doing a whoopsie, I'm gonna flip from the cards until I reveal a a red card. Do it, do it, do it. I'm coming, but I'm not going to help. I'm just here to watch. Ha 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 ha. Okay, that is the Jack of Diamonds. From upstairs, a large cabinet directly at the top of the stairs that was containing like china and good stuff falls over and is smashed to pieces as all of a sudden we hear and a shadow flies around the corner. Oh, heavens. Oh, dear. You just see Sal go, ah! And just starts batting at the various bits of shadow around the room. Shadow's being cast by everything. Just like, get back, everybody, back. Sal, Sal, Sal. Yeah, yeah. Sal, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. Amelie is going to do the second whoopsie of the game and refuse to diverge from my programming. I hear shattered China. I am beelining for it. Hell yeah. So many number cards. Ah! Oh, but red, right? Uh, Yeah, you got to get red. We have to wait for... We have to wait for red. Uh, Ace of Hearts. Oh, okay. So this is the first of our frightened friends. Uh, Every time an omen from the heart suit comes up, someone or anyone gets to grab a guest that no one is playing and have them tell the others what has them in a tizzy. So... If anyone wants, uh, they can grab one of the other guests from the playbook and have them uh, emerge from a room and tell us uh, what the hell they just saw. If I may, yeah. on my way to clean up, I run into the rabbits in the garden who wear little outfits, who have been uh, kind of piling out of a nearby doorway. And uh, there's... Uh, they're stacking on top of each other in the kind of uh, three goblins in a trench coat sort of manner. So I uh, have to kind of wade through them. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes, excuse me. Thank you so much. I'm just trying to get over here. Thank you. Thank you. And you just see all the rabbits are like jumping around going, What was that? What was that? Hey, whoa, what? What was that? Ah, good. More hands. Take a weapon. Take a weapon, rabbits. You, you hand them each like uh, like binging with Babish tiny whisks, tiny whisks <laughs> like the yes. little tiny whisks. And each of them are holding them like battle maces, bouncing on top of each other. Two arms, two arms, gentlemen, two arms. Oh, uh, excuse me, uh, Miss Rabbit. I tap a rabbit on the shoulder, and then, well, they're not looking, steal the whisk from them and give it to Ratto. <laughs> you just see <laughs> one of the rabbits goes, what? And all of a sudden, like, there's a, a, a leg of this, like, rat uh, mech is, like, fighting with themselves to try to figure out who gets what whisk. <laughs> Sorry to deter you from trying to get into an R-rated movie, rabbits, but uh, let's, uh, we gotta get to the uh, my room because my collectibles are getting smashed to bits. My shadow's gone to the good china. Onward! Which means no fancy dinner on Friday, which I know is everyone's favorite moving holiday. No! No fancy dinner! But I've already bought the ingredients! I wrote a whole song for fancy dinner. This just got serious. I can't eat, but I like that time because everyone else is in one place and I go through your stuff when you're not there! (laughs) 
Well, you you also love wearing your out your little outfits. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, little outfits. We Rado's all wear little our outfits. little yeah. outfits. <laughs> Except for the rabbits, they wear one big outfit for fancy dinner. <laughs> yeah, huge. Isn't that what a trench coat is anyways? What is a trench coat but one big outfit for three <laughs> goblins and or children? I think Sal is going to take this opportunity uh, as the, the shadow darts around the corner. We hear from around the corner and Sal's going to do a bingo. Do it again, but louder. And is going to charge forward spatulas in hand. And runs down the hall trying to catch these things. Somebody flipping cards for a black card. A black face card. Ooh, we got another ace. Ooh. Oh, shit. Uh, man, we're moving. We're grooving. Ace of clubs. And it's the second ace we've revealed in a row. It's the second ace we revealed in a row. So uh, because it was the second ace we revealed in a row, there's an uneasy moment of quiet, and we shuffle this ace back into the deck. Everyone's really thinking about Friday dinner not being a, a possibility. Like, I think this just became real for everyone. I, I had my little outfit, and I had the ingredients, and I had picked a recipe. Oh, dear. You guys hear Sal go, oh, I got him, and runs down the hall. You hear that voice just kind of slowly disappear. Ah! And all of you just sit there contemplating the idea of no fancy dinner on Friday. You guys hear Sal's voice disappear off into the distance, and then all of a sudden you hear a thump, thump, crack. Ah! And Sal comes running back to you guys and hides immediately behind Yazeba. Yazeba, your shadow's scarier than you. Really? Because it has a really impish giggle. <laughs> That's what makes it more frightening. What does that uh, sound like again? Don't make me do it. <laughs> Yaseba, I don't, I don't think that your laugh could possibly be any more scary than that shadow's impish giggle. Yeah, there is something deeply sinister about an impish giggle now that I think about it. Maybe <laughs> I should start doing one. Raise your hand if you think I should adopt an impish giggle. I, I, my hand. Oh, uh, definitely. Up. Certainly. Absolutely. 150 rabbits all raised their hand. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll consider it. Maybe I'll introduce it at fancy dinner because we got to take this we got to take this shadow out and by that I mean reattach it to me so that I can get my good china and host fancy dinner and premiere my impish giggle <laughs> oh god you hear the rabbit at the nose of the rabbits without with uh, tiny outfits uh, going two arms gentlemen two arms and a whole swarm begins to go down the hallway um, Parrish attempts to jump aboard that swarm and ride them like a like a horse into battle and charge for fancy dinner. And uh, I'm gonna do a whoopsie and lose track of reality uh, while caught up in a flight of fancy. And Parrish is like, "For the queen, we march on this day for fancy dinner." Just a whole soliloquy as he goes, and I'm gonna pull. <laughs> That's a whoopsie that I've also done. <laughs> uh, whoopsie is red. Whoopsie's red. Okay. Oh, hello. Uh, that is the king of hearts. So another guest, right? Frightened friends. Friends, friends. We love friends. As the rabbits and, and Parrish are charging around the corner, all of a sudden you see like a glow, like a red glow coming down the hallway and you hear like a... 
um, and come running around the corner, like tumbling down the stairs, uh, is Percy Combustion, this like uh, <laughs> magma elemental, lava elemental. And he's like, I was, I was walking down the stairs and it pushed me. <laughs> That's hilarious. No. No, it's you not. You fell down the stairs? Yeah. That sounds pretty funny to me. Uh, I, get, I mean, I guess if you look at it in a certain way. Are you hurt a little bit? I don't really feel pain. Oh. <laughs> Nobody gets to push you down the stairs except me. Oh. Okay. By the way, what do you what would you what would you think if I adopted an impish giggle? Um, could I hear a a sample? No. Well, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good uh for uh for your uh, you know, sense of terror and intimidation. Terror. I thought you were going to say a sense of play, and I was like, absolutely not. But if it's no. sense of terror, I'm thinking about it. You know what? Let's raise the stakes. If we catch this shadow, I'll premiere an impish giggle tonight. <gasps> oh, boy. Now, Yazira, a question. Yes. Okay. So, how do you catch a shadow? Very good question. You're a witch, though, right? You gotta have some kind of potion or magic butterfly net, or maybe a spell book that ends the the end the ends of the whole world. I don't know. Where would you keep something like that? Or a that? rubber spatula? I got him. I got the spatulas. Well, I think I I have to get in proximity to the shadow first. I'm thinking this is like a Peter Pan situation where I grab it by its ankles and then tie them to my ankles. Right. Okay. Who's got needle and thread and soap, if I remember that movie correctly? Yes, yeah, soap. Or I think there's some Gorilla Glue in the utility closet. Amelie is going to download a new skill from her uh, library of floppy disks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, from her fingers after she does so, little needles and thread start to come out. And she says, I am prepared. That does sick, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty That dope. is a bingo. So we are looking for black, yes. And we have a ace of clubs. Ooh, another ace. Our third ace. Hey, hey, come over. Come, here. come here. It's Sal. It's Sal. Come here. Listen. We're gonna throw a surprise party for Gertrude. Shh, 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 keep it quiet. Everybody's chipping in. If you want to help out, head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod. All right, and, and be sure while you're there, grab some party favors and stuff. There's bonus episodes and talkbacks. Grab a few and take them with you, okay? All right, uh, just make sure. Oh, uh, hey, uh, Gertrude, how's it uh, going? Um, hey, Sal. Hey, I'm just, What are you uh, trying to do? Oh, you know, the pantry demons. Oh, okay, cool. Could you, um, maybe ask them if I could have some raisins? Uh... You know what, never mind. No, that's fine, okay, I'll we're just... We're out of raisins. Okay. Do you think I gave it away? No, I think you're good. Okay, cool.
The 80s are over, and you're not kids anymore. Now is a much darker time. Something happened to you, and you got touched by the weird, and it made you wild, and it made you powerful. This is the world of The Lost Bay, a suburban gothic RPG. A fever dream set in 1990X and inspired in equal parts by dark fantasy, horror classics, and the 90s indie culture. After years of development, and thanks to the feedback and support of a community of early enthusiasts, The Lost Bay is coming to Kickstarter, featuring a full rulebook and complete setting designed by Eco, kick-ass art by Evangeline Gallagher, killer maps by Strega Wolf Vandenberg, and six additional modules by some of the coolest designers in the indie scene. So go to thelostbayrpg.com to be notified on launch. That's thelostbayrpg.com. The shadow comes back to us and everyone does a whoopsie about it. <gasps> yes. Emily, why don't you describe uh, what do we see as the shadow whips back forward? As the shadow whips forward, as my fingers have the Edward Scissorhands did up, I kind of short circuit very briefly and start sweeping up the rabbits, um, thus sweeping up something that needs to stay put or at least is not designed to be caught up in my uh, kind of little dustpan uh, and... Uh, then kind of come back to myself. Oh, 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 dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. As this this uh, rabbit cleaning cycle is beginning to go through, you see Sal in the background just, again, feigning confidence as the shadow f- flies by. Is just like like a drummer attacking the walls in this, like, staccato <laughs> rhythm. I I got this. I, I think I got this. Parrish is going to, again, lose track of reality and take one of his uh, wooden spoons and, like, dip it into Percy's magma and catch it on fire and say, Go back to hell where you came from! And just launch a fiery wooden special at this shadow and catch something in the hallway on fire. Oh, dear. As this, uh, the shadow dodges out of the way of this fireball uh, and goes right into Rag and Bones, who gets totally flattened and for a minute is just, there's just this inky pool of shadow covering the skeleton and you're not sure, you can't even see see me anymore. And then it, it moves away and like sc- crashes into something else. And uh, my whoopsie is uh, be temporarily defeated. So I'm just like that on the floor, just, oh God, oh, oh, oh it's gone. It was... It was dark. It was horrible. Oh, gosh. Oh, horrible. And uh, Yezeba, what's your whoopsie? Oh, uh, my whoopsie is uh, there's a, a puddle on the floor from, like, spilt water. And I fully do a cartoon, go fly up into the air, and then uh, land on my back. <laughs> And I swallow my cigarette whole, and then I burp a cloud of smoke. <laughs> I'm picturing you falling like Rag and Bones is on the floor, and you fall like headsy toesy with him, <laughs> and just burp up a cloud of smoke. Perfect. 
Anyone who speaks of this again, you're out of the bed and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Muscles, looking at rag and bones. Uh, you know those um, tomes that you didn't steal from me um, that you were carrying earlier? Uh, do you have them? Because I kind of want to see if there's a summoning spell within them. Ah, and there probably is a summoning spell in them, and I wasn't stealing them. I was putting them back because some, I, someone else stole them. I think probably Amelie did. They're tricky. They're tricky, and I think they stole them, but I don't even know what's in them, but there's probably a summoning spell on page 97. I, I have this one. I don't know. Yeah, that would just be your, you know... Your estimation? That would be your, yeah, that would guess. be a, your educated guess. Right, just a yeah, guess. I'm just as to a where the summoning spell was. Yeah. yeah. All right. I s- scroll through and uh and re and see if I can find the summoning spell within the tomes. Are we just so I have a sense? Are we still in like the foyer, like entryway think, of this? I think we're up the stairs somewhere in oh, the, we followed in the hallway. It yeah, the- we followed it at least a little bit. There was smashing. Smashing must be cleaned. <laughs> we have followed the smashing as best we can. Sal is is looking around and begins to like move forward slowly towards the way the shadow went, which is of course the most it, it seems to be preternaturally aware preternaturally? Preternaturally? It seems to be incredibly aware of where the most destruction can be wrought because after it hit this china cabinet it is moving directly onto the room that Yezeba has reserved entirely for tinctures and uh, potions and various uh, vials of many sorts and you can hear a smashing on a door as this shadow seems to be trying to get into this otherwise like hermetically sealed part of the bed and breakfast that the guests are normally not allowed into as we hear bang 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 Oh, God, not the tincture room. Brick of fire. <laughs> uh, you hear a little in the background, like, ding! And Parrish is like, my lemon bars! And he, like, very quickly runs down, grabs a <laughs> plate of lemon bars, and I'm going to do a bingo of lift everyone's spirits with the perfect refreshments. And he's like, all right, now, before we go into this, uh, into the tincture room, this heated combat, everybody grab a lemon bar. Lemon bar. Lemon bar. Lemon bar. New recipe. Lemon bar. Great. Very nice. Very. I'll take a lemon bar and uh, put it in my skeleton mouth and just and kind of chomp it into crumbly bits that fall all around the little rat living in my rib cage. And the rat like nuzzles the little the little bits and goes. Especially because like every time I think of lemon bars, I always think of them as being like dusted with powdered sugar. So I'm just seeing this rat like dancing in this snow of lemon bar (laughs) mash. (laughs) Spinning around the spine. (laughs) Like pole dancing, like (laughs) around my spine. I love that. Yes. I fixed little lights on the inside of my rib cage so you can get there's gels on them. It's all kinds of colors. Like pretty good show. (laughs) A front panel on Amelie's face kind of lifts entirely up to reveal a little cubby hole where the lemon bar sits and it's closed again. Um, There's a little bit of a kind of warm, lemon fresh, almost easy bake oven kind of smell happening. And she says, Thank you. Of course. Also, that skeleton questioned your honor before, and I just want to say, I don't stand for that sort of thing. And you didn't steal those books. I know. I know. What are you going to do about it, frog? Listen here, you bag of bones. 
Now, now. Now we're going to go into that tincture room. Lemon bars and bellies. And we're going to face this thing once and for all. You going to help? No. Not, probably not. Well, it's a pleasure pleasure to have you <laughs> on board anyway. <laughs> Amelie's kind of gotten a vacuum attachment out for the powdered sugar underneath Bag of Bones. I'm going to give a little kick to the frog, but I think oh. maybe you Parrish would kind of hop out of the way. Because I'm, I really, as sneaky as I want to be, I clatter with every step. Mm-hmm. I just like move. Really I telegraphing sound. your punches and stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big wind up, you know, with one of these types of swing and why I ought to. <laughs> um, uh, Elliot, you can flip cards and see what your omen is. Uh, oh, that's an ace. <gasps> oh, is that our third ace? That is our third ace. Is our third. So if we pull three aces, or do we have to get rid of three aces? It's so once we have three aces, we can get rid of them together uh, to okay. capture the. So shadow. do you guys already have two aces at hand? We do. I do. Yeah. You have one, and Brian, you have one. I think Emily has both. I have both of the other. Oh, aces. okay. Um, Hooray! So that then we enter into the tincture room. Whisk out lemon bars and bellies. Now, everybody, surround it. Um, we all charge into the tincture room. And as we charge into the tincture room, um, we have three aces. If we all choose to collectively toss them aside, we can end the chapter. Uh, so as, as we do, Yezeba... You get to uh, dictate how the chapter ends and uh, what you do with your shadow. All right, I have good news and bad news. (laughs) The good news is that the summoning spell seems reasonably simple. The bad news is that the summoning spell is that I have to say something. I have to give a compliment to everyone in my surroundings and while this may seem simple for a simple-minded person i'm finding it extremely difficult to do so um and so if everyone could um line up i need to summon my shadow and have it medically sewn to my heels you see one of the rabbits, uh, you hear like the, the rabbits start buzzing with conversation and then one of them runs off and you hear a bunch of other people start running down the, the hallway, all having heard like the message has been relayed throughout the bed and breakfast that Yezeva's doling out compliments and everyone is coming to like come get No, him. no, no, shut the door, shut the door. Uh, okay. And like as this whole host of people starts coming in, he's just slowly <laughs> shutting the door going, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Amelie cannot disobey a command from Yazeba. They are going to shove the door closed. And we just hear banging on the other side of the door from all the various guests and residents of the bed and breakfast. No, no, Yazeba, Yazeba, let us in. <laughs> Yazeba looks around the room and sees um, and browses through the intact like potions amidst a shelf plucks one uncorks it and an astringent type of smell fills the room and she says 
This'll do. And uh, drowns it in one shot. Takes it like a shot. All right. Who wants a compliment first? Uh, I do. I, I would I would I would like a compliment. Sal. You see Sal just kind of like posing, like kind of curtsies <laughs> and then kind of like bows and it's kind of like showing you profile, giving you like finger guns, just like giving you a bunch of different poses that you could choose from. I find your juvenile search for identity irritating and borderline pathological. But it demands a certain element of creativity, and that is to be admired. Oh, God, I need a cigarette. The body language on Sal is like a full-on sine wave. Like, with every word, it's like all the way up, all the way down, all the way up, all the way down. Uh, But you see Sal kind of, like, tick through the fullness of the compliment and, like, realize it's a net positive. And big smile appears on Sal's face, and he just kind of shies back and goes, Well, uh... Thanks. Thanks, Yazeba. And it's just kind of holding uh, his two spatulas in this kind of like nice, kind of like coy batting position. What's the shadow doing while this is happening? I'm, If I may, I kind of imagine yeah. that it is also rolling its eyes at these compliments. Like it has the same kind of attitude you do. And it's just kind of like in the background. Getting <laughs> Hands on hip. You see there's a pile of like shadow vomit on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also think you've noticed it slow to a stop because it we get the slightest idea that this that the uh, spell is working. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, who's next? Don't everyone jump well, at once. Well, I, I guess. Hey, listen, lemon bars, outstanding today. I'll say it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> she she's totally right. The, I think you nailed the recipe, like the the powdered sugar topping with Thank with the you. crunchy sugar. I love hey, the crunchy yes. sugar. Little little brulee. Yeah. The shadow goes stiff. Rado gives you a little thumbs up. Wipes a little powdered sugar off its nose. Parrish hates rag and bones. Loves Rado. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Uh, you see one of the little rabbits raises its hand. It's completely inefficient, but your way of traveling, one stacked on top of the other, takes a lot of core strength. Core strength I haven't had since my mid-twenties. You see a bunch of the rats lift up their, like, shirts, and they're just all chiseled. I mean, just full on, <laughs> full 8 to 12 packs, just rocking it. Oh my god, I'm dying. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and you just see, uh, like, all of them kind of, like, chirp back to each other. And then uh, each of them, as well as the overall mech that they're controlling, all does a big thumbs up. Rag and bones. Oh, I guess I'll take a compliment. I'll give you them out. While all of your other, and I cannot stress this enough, all of your other personality traits consistently undermine and overshadow it. Thank you. Your intelligence is far and above most of the borders in the house. (gasps) (gasps) Numerically, you probably have the highest IQ. (gasps) My head falls off. I catch it. I fumble and catch it in my hands, and then just oh, well, I oh golly! I really like to think as you like fumble your head, it briefly rolls on the ground, and the shadow, even though it's frozen, like gives it a little kick, <laughs> just like <laughs> kicks it back. Yeah, I just you can. It's not 
in any way possible, but you see just the faintest blush come into my skeletal cheeks as I'm holding my head in my hand. And then I just turn the head really quick and like hide it in my sternum so you can't see the face of it and then affix it to my head, my spine again, once the blush is faded. The shadow has now um, scaled down to uh, Yaziba's size and is flat on the ground, um, still stiff. Amelie. I'm at Yaziba's feet, kind of getting ready to machine sew. Yes? Enough with the floppy disks. We're all on the cloud. It's just easier at this point. You're carrying them around loose in your arms. It's like, it's, it's embarrassing, but they hold a lot of information and you always know the right one to use, particularly right now when I need you to medically sew my shadow to my heels. Amelie is going to bingo and process a feeling not in their index and a strange kindling of pride and more lemon bar smell comes out as this happens. And again, a metal face that should not uh, flush does glow uncannily. And then I start. <laughs> Yaziba's gritting her teeth, um, determined to not show any, uh, determined to display high pain tolerance as her shadow is medically sewn onto her heels again. Um, I think Sal Sal's gonna uh, come up to Yaziba and kind of go to the side that, like, I feel like most people are kind of like semicircle on one side, is gonna kind of come around to the other side, and he's gonna do kind of a take on, on one of Sal's bingos um, to support someone and it's just going to go by and just kind of squeeze Yuseba's hand just a little bit just kind of giving a little bit of support that was really nice of you Yuseba I know that that spell doesn't require those verbal components <laughs> Yuseba squeezes Sal's hands until we hear something crack <laughs> <laughs> just see Sal go I won't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone. I, I, I didn't. I forget. What was I talking about? Ah, that's my. That's my picking hand. Someone give me a lemon bar. Oh, lemon bar coming right up. My uh, face opens up, and the lemon bar intact <laughs> is available. Isiva grabs the lemon bar and shoves it into her face in one, <laughs> in one bite to muzzle herself. It's still warm. Oven, oven fresh. Face oven fresh. And as Yazeba has her shadow re-sewn to her heels uh, through a strange new process that Amelie has found somewhere deep in their coating with these many floppy disks, the shadow uh, reattaches and is now back under Yazeba's control. Yazeba, why don't you tell us one thing that your shadow does now that it's back under your control as we begin to pull out from this chapter? It reaches up and holds Sal's hand. Yuzeba's shadow reaches up and holds Sal's hand. Sal holding onto one hand of Yuzeba's shadow and one hand of Yuzeba. Only one of those two in any way comfortable. <laughs> we begin to pull outside past the door, past the many rabbits that are standing. Uh, all, as we as we should be reminded, completely jacked. All the rabbits in the garden are jacked. <laughs> um, 
Outside. They're doing burpees. They're burpees. all doing it's all the, burpees. The, the mech of all of them are doing burpees, and also inside each individual component, they're also doing burpees at the same time. It's amazing. <laughs> it's burpees, burpees all the way, all the way down. down. Burpees all the way down. That was good. Uh, and we pull past the door where a bunch of the other residents and guests have their ears pressed to this very thick wooden door, trying to hear if it's true that Yazeva was giving out compliments. And it is very likely that they will never quite know the truth of what happened in the tincture room that day as we pull further out from the bed and breakfast to see the bits of carnage left over and out to the bed and breakfast as the sun is setting on yet another September 15th. And that's the end of chapter 7, The Witch's Missing Shadow. I am Brian Flaherty and I have been Sal. And I'm M. Friedman and I have been Ollie. I'm Elliot Davis, and I have been Parrish. I'm Carolyn Page, and I have been Rag and Bones. I have rats. Rado. I'm Michelle Chan Bennett, and I've been Yazeba. The theme song for Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast was written and performed by Matt DeCaro. This episode features the song Yazeba's Shadow by Behold. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 if you're hearing this that means you listen to every last second of this episode if you're not caught up yet that's great because then there's plenty more to listen to but if you are caught up and you simply can't wait for the next episode then you should head on over to patreon.com slash my first dungeon pod and become a member of the dice pool for just a few bucks a month, you'll get cast talkbacks, original games, and a full-length bonus actual play each and every month. As of the end of 2023, there is already over 20 hours of bonus audio, plus a whole bunch of other goodies to enjoy. So head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and jump into the dice pool. We'll see you there.